Father, only your word has the power to change. Only your power has the power to change. We expose ourselves fully to your word. The very places hands cannot reach. The places eyes cannot see. Hmm. The many things thoughts cannot imagine. That ears cannot even handle. Your word is able to get there. We trust you for mass healings in the month of October by your word. Healings of the body, healings of the soul, healings of the spirit. Jesus alone be magnified. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Glory to God. All right, let's get into the word. So, I had a story. I think it's just nice for me to start with this story of a pastor who, you know, used to preach a particular kind of message. Just when he's preaching, let me, I don't know the kind of message, but when he's preaching, people are just looking, you know. You can imagine what kind of message that is. People are just looking. All right. And then he just, you know, had this bright spot idea that, man, I need to start preaching about things that really move the people. Um, really move the people. So there was just this Sunday, he just came and he just preached this powerful sermon and people were moving and jumping and they were just shouting and everybody was like, oh wow, amazing message. Thank you, Pastor. Amazing message. Thank you, Pastor. He just noticed there was someone at the back of the hall that was just waiting. He was so sure the person was going to say the same thing. Amazing message. Thank you, Pastor. So they shook hands. This story was in, in the time when it was safe to shake hands. Amen. Glory to God. Because the moment you hear the shook hands, you're like, hmm. So they shook hands, and the, the young man said to the pastor, amazing message, pastor. He said, thank you. He said, but that was, a, listen, he said, that was an excellent rendition of my philosophy 101 class. The balloon of the pastor that was inflated, inflated, it was as if someone just punctured it. It just floated. Glory to God. Glory to God. Am I still in church this morning? The reason why I'm starting with that is by the time we are done this morning, I really don't want all to say that was a great rendition of Psychology 101 or Mental Health 102. This is God's word. And we're spiritual people in God's house. Glory to God. But please stay with me. You are going to be very blessed. You are going to be very blessed in this series. The text in Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 contains two places where the word for peace is used in scriptures. In the Hebrew Old Testament, you will find the word peace existing or being used deliberately a good 110 times. Of the 110 times, you find two of them in the same verse. It means that this concept must be very key in God's mind. And if you listen to, to, to the average Hebrew speak, they, they don't say peace once. They say it twice. So rather than hearing shalom, you hear shalom, shalom. It's very deliberate. Because for peace to be peace, it has to be perfect. For you will keep in perfect peace the one whose mind is stayed on you, the one who trusts in the Lord, the one who is anchored to the eternal rock. The Lord our God is the eternal rock. Anyone who is anchored to him will enjoy shalom, shalom. Nothing is missing, nothing is broken. 
There is no pressure. There is no pain. There is no everything is all. It's complete. It's perfect. That sounds like mission impossible in today's world. Except that this eternal rock is still the eternal rock. And if this eternal rock is still the eternal rock, then there is still a possibility for perfect peace. I am saying that because in today's church, when you hear things like, if anyone is sick, lay your hands on your body. If what I have is headache, I can lay my hands on my head. If what I have is mumps, I can lay my hands on my cheeks. If what I have is a thyroid condition, I can lay my hands on my throat. If what I have is a lung condition, I can lay my hands on my chest. If it's a stomach issue, I can lay my hands on my stomach. If it's a thigh issue or a joint issue, I can put my hands there. But if it's a mind issue, where do I put my mind? Where do I put my hand? Where is my mind? Here? Where do I put my, my hand? So for some strange reason, we've just neglected this group of people struggling with anxiety. People struggling with depression. People struggling with all sorts of undescribable, unspeakable things. Well, thank God for healing that locates us this month. Because the Lord, our God, is the eternal rock. Glory to God. Alright, so what, what exactly are we doing? We're exploring the realm of health. The realm of health. Please follow this month. It's not going to be a regular preaching, regular teaching. But you stay with me, alright? Deal? Deal? Alright, someone said, PG, we don't have a choice. We are ready with you. Glory to God. I said glory to God. In medical school, this background is important because I'm about to give us a definition of health that I did not create. This definition of health is the one that has been mainly supported by the World Health Organization. If there's any organization that should know about health, it should be which organization? The World Health Organization, right? Okay. Medical school in the British system is six years. In the North American system is an initial degree and four years of medical school. Is, is, are we following? Now, in the typical medical school, you don't get to the point where you define health until you are in your final or second to your final year. That is because... The real training is not for you to maintain health, but to treat disease. Is somebody getting that? So this definition I'm about to give you, we, we were taught when we were doing community health. Towards the end of medical school. When you get in, you know, first year of medical school, they bombard you with all sorts. You learn anatomy, you learn physiology, then biochemistry. You know, the next year, which is the craziest year of med school, you learn pharmacology, you learn microbiology, you learn epidemiology, you learn all these big, big ologies, immunology, you just learn all this, and your head is just, you just see us carrying books. You see us carrying five books. And so you're like, when will you, read it? When will you finish reading one? You're like, are you kidding me? I need to finish the five. Godspeed. <laughs> the Lord be with you. All right, chunking all of those things in, learning about disease, learning about disease, and then suddenly, just before we are released into the world, somebody now comes and says, well, there is something called health. There's something called health that already shows you 
that you and I must take this eternal rock seriously. So what is this definition of health? It says health is not just the absence of disease. But complete, this is not Bible, this is World Health Organization. Complete physical, mental, and social well-being. And I'm looking at that definition. And I'm saying, why keep this till the last minute? Why wait for people to be sick, broken, quarter to destroyed? And then we can't even help them. We can't even cure them. We just say we'll manage this. This pill, you've got to take it for the rest of your life. What happened to complete physical, mental, and social well-being? What happened to it? What happened to people being old and having meaningful, serious relationships? What happened to all of that? Please open your heart to God's word this month. So the big question is, what causes these mental health challenges? What really, really causes it? Where is it from? If we are going to treat it, unless we want to do the, the orthodox style of, I'm sick. Okay, what's wrong with you? Headache. Take, go. And nobody is, is wondering, why do you have headache? Am I still in the room this morning? So there is a way that if you see flies in your living room, it's not normal. They shouldn't be there, right? And if you just deal with the flies, you will see some reprieve, but you will come back shortly after and you'll see the flies again. And that means that you've not really dealt with the flies, even though you've created a scenario where those flies are no longer disturbing you. You will need to ask yourself, where have they come from? Is there something somewhere under the rug? Is there something beneath the couch? Is there something somewhere until you go deep to the root? And hear me with all the noise the world is making on mental health, nobody still wants to go to the root. And that's where we want to go. So that your victory will begin from the root up. That even when the leaves are still brown, you know that there's a new substance flowing in the, in the stem now. Eventually, you'll be green. But if I want to just paint you green and snap a picture, I say, it's now green, it's now green. And the roots are rotting. That's the state, hear me? I think I'm jumping the gun to the last point, but it will make sense shortly. That's the state of many believers in church today. We are painted green, but we are heavily broken and deficient. And we don't know who to tell because we must be people of faith. And faith means that I need to speak God's word and not my reality. And I'm speaking God's word, but this root, this root is rotting. And I'm getting more broken and things are really getting worse. And I'm just trusting God. I enjoy the worship. I enjoy being with the brethren, but the brethren are not there with me at midnight. The brethren are not there in my house. They don't know when this pain comes. Where do I run to? God help us this week. God help us this month. Glory to God. Mm. So what are the causes? What are the causes? Number one, you don't have to write this. All right. If there's anything you want to write this month, it is when we are quoting God's word. 
<laughs> All right. Glory to God. Number one, the experts tell us. Number one cause, in no order of priority, is biological causes. Biological causes. That means things that are related to biology, things that are related to a person's body. Things like genetics. If it is in your genes, the chances are very likely that you will have it. If your father was depressed, chances are that you will be depressed. If your mother was depressed, chances are that you will be depressed. If your uncle or your aunt dealt with anxiety, chances are that you will deal with anxiety. This is what the experts say. This is not what the word of God says. And there are many people who have accepted genetics as the final verdict over their life. In fact, there are new companies now that can give you personalized genetic information. And some get those genetic information and they take proactive action. There's a very popular actress down in the United States who went for such genetic screening and discovered that she had this, the, the gene for a particular kind of, of, of breast condition. And she just went straight to the surgeons. So she said, you are young. You might not even have it. The genes just mean it might, it's just increased chance. No, I ain't taking no chance. Take it out. And she just took it out. Can I just say something very quickly? What camera can I look directly into? Your genes do not define you. Oh my, oh my. Am I still in church this morning? I don't know why I can shout. Somebody needs to hear it deep down. You might have ordered some genetic screening. I've come to announce to you the fact that your father had it does not mean that you must have it. The fact that your mother had it does not mean that you must have it. Okay, scratch that. The fact that that is what killed your father or what killed your mother or what killed your uncle and your aunt, it doesn't mean that the same thing must kill you. You've got new genes. And that's really what I want someone to get. If we can trace these things to their root sources and we can begin to in, 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 infuse the truth at the root level that whatever is in my genes, it is true. That my dad met my mother. There was a mingling of genetic material. I have a copy of my own chromosomes and genes and DNAs and they code for great things including some things that are not great. However, I also have another lineage. I have a father. That father has genes, and his genes code for perfection. His genes code for wellness. His genes code for prosperity. And I begin to use the truth, not just to make myself feel good, but to rewire my genes. Can I tell you something that is scientifically proven? So, this is pure science. For many years, the scientific community thought that genes were final. Even science has come to agree that genes are not final. Because there's a new field of genetics called epi. Genetics. Boy, oh boy. I can't wait till Wednesday. You know, gnosis is knowledge. Epignosis is the knowledge you want to deal with. Science is finally catching up. So let me tell you what epigenetics is. If, if a gene codes for diabetes, epigenetics is a set of instructions that act like a switch. It is there, but somebody has to, something has to switch it on. Are you still with me? So rather than fighting these genes and taking it as a final statement, science is now saying, how can we look at keeping this switch off so that this disease does not turn on? Can somebody get it? So if science can agree that genes are not even final, how much more God's children that have got brand new genes? Brand new genes. And these are the things you begin to tell yourself, especially when you see patterns in your family. You say, Father, it's there physically, but I've got brand new genes. I've got brand new genes. I've got brand new blood flowing in my veins. 
Things like infections, like brain defects, injuries, prenatal damage, substance abuse, toxins, nutritions, nutritional issues. These are biological factors. Can we go to John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13? John chapter 1, verse 12 and verse 13. It says, but as many as received him. So not everybody. This is why I'm telling you the world really doesn't want to have a real conversation on mental health. Because the true solution will require an anchor. And that anchor is what no one has been... Don't say support groups. Support groups. Community groups. Community groups. All sorts of great interventions. But when they miss the anchor, there will be a tugging. He says, the Lord God is the eternal rock. But as many as received him, to them gave you power to become sons of God. To them gave you power to receive new genes. Can somebody say that? So you have received, if you've received Christ, you've received the power to have and function by new genes. It says, which were born not of blood. This is as scientific as science gets. Not of blood, not of genes, not of the will of the flesh, not of the DNA of your father, not of the DNA of your mother, but of the DNA of God. Somebody say, I've got God's DNA. And the blood of Christ flows through my veins. Come on, say like you believe it. I've got God's DNA. So my genes do not define me. Number two. They say apart from biological causes, there are also psychological causes. Psychological issues. Issues like childhood trauma. This is where the knife begins to get closer. Childhood trauma. Emotional, physical, sexual abuse, early in life. It has a way of doing damage. And you, are just, you just believe you've moved on. Only to discover that on has not moved at all. Childhood trauma. Many of us grown-ups, adults, we remember the very hurtful words we heard growing up. How you are nothing how you are useless, how your cousin is better, how your brother is better, how your sister is the only one that has brain, how you've brought your father and your mother so much pain, you've disappointed us. Childhood trauma. And those are seeds. Those are seeds in an infant heart, finding space there, creating a toxic environment that will manifest in later life. Abuse. 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 Neglect. Nobody was there for me. They left me alone. Pity you don't know my story. I did life by myself. I had a father, but it was as though I didn't have a father. I had a mother, it was as though I didn't have a mother. Some have said some things like, I, I, I wish I was born an orphan. It would have been better. The pain they caused me, it's unspeakable. If it was an outsider doing it, I was watching a documentary of a very famous, anointed, gifted singer. I do not say her name publicly. Arguably, one of the most powerful voices. She started singing in church. Sang all over the world. If you want to talk of fame, the fame was there. Money, the money was there. Love, depends on how you define love. Everything just seems to be working, but she was 
In, in fact, the, the, if you watch the documentary and you don't shed a tear, strong are thou. And that, that, that's, the, the devil really doesn't really care sometimes the size of your gift or the impact of your life. He just knows there's a seed I got some, some, someone to sow some years ago. And I can turn that switch on. You can go around the world and sing at all the big, sometimes you're singing and it's hundreds and thousands of people and something deep down tells you you are empty and you're worthless, but these people don't know. And then you get back home and somebody says, I know something that can help. Try this substance. Some of you might be guessing what I'm talking about now. Introduced to taking substance. When they probed and probed and probed, they found out that as a young girl, she was abused by someone who was close family. You know, this is statistically proven. Other parents, <laughs> shielding, oh, I don't know if I can keep my child there. I don't know if I can keep my child there. The, the, the evidence shows that most of the physical, emotional, sexual abuse that goes on is from family. Dysfunctional families. God give us Christian homes. God give us Christian homes. You know, governments will spend on prisons, spend on anything but the root cause that can fix society. So we've looked at the biological issues, we looked at, looked at the psychological issues, issues of abuse, issues of, of neglect, issues of trauma. In fact, this same lady I speak of, her mother at some point was also singing about and would leave her. Leave her with, just throw her here, throw her there, throw her there, leave her there, throw her there. Neglect. Trauma. How do you process trauma? How do you process pain? You cry, and then you cry, and then you heal, right? Time heals, they say. <clears throat> How long? Five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. When I've come to announce to someone they're still bound in Gilead. And it doesn't matter the depth of the abuse you've gone through. There is healing. There is healing and there's restoration available for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. It says that when you come into Christ, when you come into Christ, you become a brand new person. When you come into Christ, you become a brand new person. That child, I don't know who needs to hear this, that child that was abused is dead. That girl that was abused is dead. That boy that was violated is dead. Many people don't get to this point. Many will go on to be powerful, seemingly powerful, even ministers in music, ministers in the word. And when you hear their stories, you will be shocked at their stories because you begin to see things in their lives that shows that that old person is not really gone. Boy, oh boy, how, 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 how can we do this? Help us, precious Holy Spirit. Anointed ministers heard the story of a powerful, powerful man of God who was abused and violated by his uncle. He just grew up gifted, anointed, his song still blessing nations over the earth but he, he just couldn't couldn't set something broke
But should the dysfunction of my past destroy my future? If I just say no, it doesn't work that way. It's not just by saying no. This dysfunction doesn't take my permission sometimes. It's, 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 it's like a bomb. It's, it's just somewhere there. And I remember the brokenness. The, 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 the moments where I felt like if my parents had a way, they would send me back to heaven. Nobody loves me around here. Nobody cares about me. Maybe if I'm not even here, nobody would notice. Hear me? Those are lies from the pit of hell. They may not have planned for you, but God planned for you. Did you hear me? They might have branded you a mistake, but God says he deliberately made you. He deliberately created you. Did somebody get that? Come on, say, I am not a mistake. I am not a mistake. I am here deliberately. So 2 Corinthians 5, 17 tells us, if anyone be in Christ, that person is now brand new. There is a newness to you. The person that was abused is dead. The person that was violated is dead. The person that was neglected is dead. It says that you now belong to Christ. You've become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Somebody say a new life has begun. A new life has begun. Number three. Environmental factors. We've talked about the biological ones, the genes, infections, injuries to the brain, things like that. We've talked about the mind issues, psychological ones, childhood trauma, emotional abuse, physical abuse, neglect, sexual abuse. And now we're talking about environmental factors. Environmental factors. Factors like the death of a loved one. Divorce. Separation, dysfunctional families, low self-esteem, loneliness, anxiety, changing jobs, changing schools. In fact, even changing, changing the family. Changing the family. Hmm. Social expectations, cultural expectations, parental expectations. By now... When you hear by now, you're ready. <laughs> you already know what is coming. By now, he said, Mommy, Mommy. I said, By now, look at your daddy. daddy. We are trusting God. What do you mean you're trusting God? Look at your cousin. Is she not also trusting God? Are you not even in the same fellowship? Amount, pressure, pressure, pressure. Trauma from loss. Loss of a loved one. I don't know about you. There is a unique kind of emptiness that the loss of a loved one brings to you. If you can't find confidence in the spirit of God to fill that void, you might carry that void till your own end. Hmm. Help us, Holy Spirit. And you see people who are just shouting, jumping, but there are big gaps in their hearts, hearts of pain. They can't even understand it. Sometimes it's guilt. It's retrospective guilt. It's like, God, didn't we pray enough? Didn't we pray enough? What more did you want? Did you want more fastings? Was it because we broke at six? 
Did he have to die? Really? Did she have to die? Couldn't you have intervened? Where were you? You know, this simple thing we are talking about has made many people stop being believers. Many people. Many, I'm talking of many strong, anointed people. People who have stood on pulpits like this. It's easy to say when it's someone else. Ah, my brother, be strong. My sister, be strong. God is faithful. But when, it, when, when, it's, when it's you, when it's you that you've asked others to be strong, when it's now time for you to be strong for yourself, you now discover that in me lies no strength. And if I can't find it from the Holy Spirit. Remember when my dad passed on? He's a young boy. I think I was about 15. I'd gone to do ministry work. Under what sort of circumstances you angels run to do something? Aside when you have gone to do the work of God. A lot of God, where are you? And this, the, the whispers around town where everybody should check on Dio. He's the closest to daddy. Everybody should check on him. Everybody should check on him. And everybody was busy checking on me while I was busy checking on the others. Because we all have to be there for ourselves until we can find strength. Until we can find strength. Some never resolve it. They just get to a point where they say, God, I know you will not answer me. I'll stop asking, but I'll continue to serve you. So we will leave that gap the way it is. And it's eating them up. Trust in the Lord that this month will be a month of deliverance. In the mighty name of Jesus. I will not be shocked if in the course of this, we will, we will go to some places this month. It's okay if you need to get up and get some, some, some Kleenex. Some will need to cry some things out. And say, Pity, I'm X years old now. But I've carried this thing for decades. I've, I've never wanted to talk about it. Just sometime during, this, during the sermon, it, I just remember it was as though someone tore open the wound. Let me tell you something we do in medicine. When a wound is not healing properly, or when a wound has healed with scar tissue in a way that it's creating deformity. There's a time when it is no longer the physicians now. We now need the surgeons. And we deal with it like a surgery. It's called the bridement. Or if you're French, you call it debrimore. You go to the theater and you pull the surface of the wound under anesthesia. You scrub it and ensure that it is bleeding. Because the life that will bring healing is in that blood. And we must make it bleed again. For some, you will remember some things you don't want to remember. You will feel some pain you don't want to feel. But I can guarantee you, you will be experiencing it for the last time. In the mighty name of Jesus. Because God will bring total healing, total deliverance, total restoration. And instead of living with shame, he will raise you as a deliverer. For as many who are struggling with the same. That's my prayer this month. We're not doing this to be the nice, cool church that talks about mental health. No. It's that the chains that exist will be broken and those who are struggling will experience true freedom. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3 and verse 4. Sometime last year, it was during the lockdown, so, you know, everybody was at home. I remember I was in one of the houses of our pastors. I said, I need to travel. I need to go and see my mom. It's very urgent. I don't know what travel looks like. I just need to go and see her. 
This was a period where in KICC we were recording testimonies of amazing healings and supernatural stuff. And I told my wife, I said, I need to travel. She said, why do you need to travel? That we know God's word. We hold on to God's word. Nothing will happen to grandma. Grandma will be fine. I said, yes. I said, but I need to go and see her. She has a voice in the spirit. I don't know what she said. I need to go and unsay whatever she said. I said, I've prayed for people on phone. They've got, got in it. I said, I want to go. I want to go. And I couldn't go. The call came one morning. I didn't even know how to feel. I said, somebody will wake me up one day. It's a dream. It's a dream. It's a dream. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3. The Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. So in verse 4, it says, if you can find security in my love, it didn't turn out the way you expected it. It didn't turn out the way you prayed and fasted. You had scriptures. You were sure of my promises. But somehow the outcome was different. It says to announce to you, it says, again, I will build you. Again, I will build your family. Again, I will build that marriage. Hmm. Trauma. Remember the story I heard of a couple, freshly minted couple, driving out of their reception ceremony, everybody happy, dancing, clapping everywhere. And as they were driving out of the reception, the, 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 the wife, the new bride, just flagged down the driver. Said, why now? Why, why now? And she saw a couple of her friends. They were just really happy and giggling. Said, congratulations, congratulations. Oh, and she was like, oh, yes, I told you guys. I told you guys I did it. I told you guys I did it. The new husband was wondering. Eh? I told you guys what? And then he started his <laughs> he started his wedding being James Bond. He had to go investigate. Did what? I mean, congratulations is fine on the wedding day, right? Yeah. Apparently, she had she had a bet with her friends and told the friends that she will marry that guy. And they said it's not possible. So this happily married, supposed. <laughs> Supposed to be a happily married guy, he just discovered that it was the the bet. It was the price of a bet. All the joy, all the expectation, all the anticipation of building a home together just went down the drain. He thought he loved. He was so sure it was real, only for him to discover it was bet. Shama. Can you put verse four on the screen again? It says, I can build you again. I can build a marriage again. I can build a life again. Many are struggling, especially in a country like this, where a lot of young people have been sent by parents to come study. Study in various universities. You'll be shocked the number of students that are not in school. Isn't that paradox? Students that are not in school. Some with some sent pictures and certificates to their parents so that there's peace in the world. Many getting just they just discover freedom, have new sets of friends. This church thing, that church, they don't even know what they're saying. All of them are just boring. This Bible thing, I am done and I am gone. We can club every Friday, we can, and and you, you know the interesting thing about this pain. 
Sometimes you don't even have to misbehave to experience it. You don't even have to club to discover that, man, am I in the right place? Am I doing the right thing? Are you asking yourself solid existential questions? What am I doing here? Why am I studying this thing? Everybody in the family was sending their kids to Canada and my parents just sent me here just to feel good. Did they care if I will have friends? Did they think about the cold winters? Some have even stopped paying school fees. And then you hear things like, go fend for yourself. You are now a man. Where it says to announce, I will build thee again. And you will be built. Okay, I see. Thou shalt again be adorned with tablets. And you shall go forth in dances of them that make merry. I don't know who it is under the sound of my voice. The adjective that describes you really is just cry, 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 teary, teary, teary. You smile in the morning, you, you cry at night, you smile publicly, you, you, you cry in private. I have come to announce to you that the Lord will build you again and you will be built in the mighty name of Jesus. And for the wounds that have refused to heal, time does not heal wounds. God does. God does. With your permission, God does. You can, the wounds can be looking at you for 20 solid years and catch up with you in a grandchild. All right. Someone say, I'm loved by God. I've been loved with an everlasting love. I know he loves me. He has the best plans for me. He has the best plans for me. I'm loved by God. I'm sorry that I've, I've messed up your schedule for my life. But you didn't create me. You didn't create me. I'm sorry I've messed up your expectations. By now, this is who you expect me to be. By now, this is what you expect me to be doing. Sincerely, I'm sorry that I can't keep up to your standards. But I've found security in the fact that I'm loved by a God who loves me perfectly. And I don't need A's to impress him. I don't need perfection to impress him. I was, I was literally hopeless, clueless when he loved me. And he has never stopped loving me since then. I can find security in his love that I am well loved. Absolutely. 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 I remember when my wife and I just met. I think we had known ourselves for just one year or two years. Very early days of the early days. Hello. I think we need, we need a story like this because the, the atmosphere in the room is getting very thick. All right, so let's, let's, let's melt it a bit with this nice story. All right. We had just met, and then someone sent me a picture. It was in the days of Blackberry. Sent me a picture on BBM. I could bet a million dollars that the lady in the picture was my wife. In fact, the lady in that picture was wearing an orange top. My wife had a similar, well, she was not my wife then, had this orange top too that she had. Have I shared this story before? Does anybody know where this is going? I've not. Oh, I've not. Okay. Guess what was in the picture? There was just this lady smiling the way my wife will smile normally. She, in fact, we needed to find out who that. Maybe she had a twin. The, the, the resemblance was too much and it was just the side of the face. But this lady just sat down there, you know, and she was just playing with, there were like 10 or 15 snakes on the floor in the room. The person was just playing with it. All right. And someone just sent the picture to me. You can see people, people, 
Someone sent the picture to me with the caption, is this not Lola Day? As I saw the thing like this, uh, I said, God, forget everything you've told me. Forget the visions I've seen. I can't know. No. She can't be. It's not even she's not. She can't be. Forget it, man. Then my, 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 my roommate was with me, who was later our best man. I just told him. I said, I'm single, though. <laughs> he said, what is that? I just threw the phone to him, cut the phone, looked at it. He was really troubled. He was really troubled. He said, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. I said, what benefit of which doubt? So I took the message and I sent it to her. And she saw it and she replied with a smiley. And said, and so what? I said, this one doesn't even know what is going on. <laughs> you don't even know what is going on. I said, we need to see right now. This is, this is urgent. We must see right now. She said, what's the matter? Relax. Are they not just snakes? She knew she was playing with me. She knew she was not the one. But she was just playing the game on to see where it will go. Playing the game on. So when I saw, I said, um, there's something I need to tell you. Um, I know we've prayed. I know we've read from God about this relationship. But I cannot bring myself to live in the same house with somebody who is this comfortable. <laughs> All right? If you were like, hey, maybe, even that, we still need to go on a three-day fast to hear a voice from heaven saying with certainty. But this one, I ain't going on no fast to hear anything. You can't be this comfortable with this. And I'll, and I'll take you to the altar. I don't even know why you were on the altar. Or I'll take you to my mom. And she said, hey, Jesus, you just turned to something in front of everybody. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> my mom, that was a deliverance minister for many years. I said, no, it can't work. She was not laughing. He said, you're not even hard. You're not even... <laughs> she said, it's not me. I felt for the first time a, a, a mixture of joy and unjoy. I've not found the words to describe on joy. I said, you mean you're not the one? It was like light just came again. I said, you mean it's not you? She said, it's not me. She said, but what if it was me? I said, if it was you, what just happened now was real. Glory to God. Glory to God. There are men living in homes where they believe that their biggest regrets is the wife they married. There are women in homes living where they believe that their biggest regrets is the man they said yes to. Everybody was smiling, dancing, nice pictures, everything perfect. But years down the line, everything has wiped out. You know, it is more likely for an ex-husband to kill an ex-wife than it is for a stranger to kill a random person. There's not, why, why should I want to kill you? I don't know you, unless there's something else going on. But somehow, this deep love as a way, no, of just deleting. You know, if you just delete and it's, I don't love you again, it's fine. But it has a way of transforming to deep hate. And that, that exactly is what the devil wants. So he sees all the joy and all the pictures on Bella and I, Jack. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for you. Five years. Five years. I'm waiting for you. So since, and I'm trusting the Lord that whatever the enemy is banking on, that he will use as a tool for your downfall. That the Spirit of God will bring a big surprise with your life. Whoever has been broken down, you will be rebuilt. Wherever your parents have given up on you, you've read out four words, the Lord will build you again.
it will make you smile again. And this time, this smile will be real. It will be from the bottom of your heart. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, guess what even the experts tell us about all these three things? The experts tell us that having any of these things does not guarantee that a person will have a mental health illness. These things have to combine in a combination that will meet a particular person's boiling point. Such that even science agrees that, for instance, the fact that I have a gene for depression doesn't mean I must be depressed. The fact that I experienced abuse as a child doesn't mean I must come down with anxiety. The fact that I experienced the loss of a loved one doesn't mean that I must be schizophrenic. But in science, we call it stressors. It will combine in a way that it hits the right boiling point. And when it challenge layers on another challenge, it begins to bring the boiling point down. Such that water normally should need 100 degrees, right? Before it begins to become vapor. But in, we, you already know if you want water to boil faster, what do you do? You throw some things inside. Impurities. They reduce the boiling point. So it doesn't even have to get to 100. Those of us who, who grew up in the kitchen, we know that. When you have people waiting for the amala, and it's on the pot. I'm not talking of now, now that we have fancy kettles, you have to press one button. I'm talking of the days of boiling ring. Anybody knows boiling ring? So you just put a little salt inside, depending on what you want to use the water for. All right, that de determines the impurity. There's a someone there. <laughs> glory to God. I said glory to God. Now, everything I've been saying so far, some people are just listening and saying, he has not told us the real cause of mental health illness. I don't want to hear all this biology, psychology. Pity, tell us the truth. It is spiritual. It is spiritual. It is spiritual. It is spiritual. Now, let me tell you this. Life is very spiritual. But any understanding of a spiritual cause of a matter that leaves you feeling like you don't have responsibility to change it, then you have just partnered with the enemy. Did anybody hear that? It is true that there are illnesses, and not just mental. In the course of this series, we'll talk about stigma. Not just mental, there are Various disease conditions that in scripture we can see that what was raised, but in our own days we just believe if it's headache, it's medical. If it's diabetes, it's medical. If it is hypertension, it's medical. If it's depression, that's the spirit of heaviness. Are you right? If it is schizophrenia, boy, those are demons saying and talking and saying voices. So we just believe the psychiatric conditions are the only ones that are spiritual. From a strategic point of view, it means that really these demons should not even leave this. They should leave these ones for you since you know that's where they are. And they go to the ones you don't know. Or you don't expect. So you keep on taking the pills. And the doctor is saying, I don't, I don't know what we can change here. We've tried the maximum doses. We've tried the, the, the approved combinations and nothing seems to be working. Hmm. Somebody say life is spiritual. 
<laughs> my God is the father of all spirits. My daddy, my daddy is the father of all spirits. Did you hear that? So really, 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 and boy, oh boy. Luke chapter 8, verse 27. Luke chapter 8, verse 27 and verse 28. It says, and when he went forth to land. So Jesus has just traveled across, experienced the storm, defeated the storm, came just to this other side. It says, when they went forth to land, they met him out of the city, a certain man which had devils long time. He was demon-possessed a long time, and he wore no clothes. He didn't have any house. He lived in cemeteries, in tombs. Verse 28 says, But when this man saw Jesus, now this is where something on your inside begins to arise. That whether it is spiritual, whether it is biological, whether it is environmental, whether it is psychological, whether it is trauma-based, whether it is an issue from my past, I have found myself in God enough to discover that these things have no place here. These things have no place here. I'm feeling just this sudden weight of sadness, hopelessness. I'm not going to laugh about it. I'm not just going to book a session with a counselor. I will do that if I need to. Hear me? If I need to, I will do that. If I need to do anything in the physical, I will do. But I also understand that there is another way to approach this. Because my father, my daddy, is the father of all spirits. This is really where this this verse. I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to read it without feeling some 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 Holy Ghost vengeance. I just want to stay here now and just blast in tongue for nine hours. Son, you see, he just shout for the Lord is good first, so that some of us can go. But let me show you what you really really gets to you in this verse. This man saw Jesus. He cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus? So for those of us who from the movies we watched growing up, we were told that demons cannot call Jesus. You can see it's not scriptural. It's not scriptural. Just say, In Jesus' name. After you guys have one dream I had, after watching one movie as a young boy, just saw some black things in my dream. <laughs> I said, in Jesus' name. I said, this is not how they said it in the movie. It's not how they said You see that you cannot live your life based on movie. You live it based on the word of God. These demons, not once, not twice. Yeah, they call Jesus. The ones that the sons of Sceva to try their luck with. They said, Jesus, we know. We thought you cannot pronounce Jesus. It's not in the pronunciation. It's in the authority that the name carries. Glory to God. But, but stay on track. It says, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God, most high? It says, now listen, this is the statement. I just can't get it out of my head. These demons are saying to Jesus, we beg you, don't torment us. Who is tormenting who? This guy had no family. He had no house. He had no clothes. He was living in, in, in graveside. He said he was, he was tied with chains enough that he would, he, would, he would have the strength to break the chains. Nobody anywhere could help him. And they had the audacity to say, don't torment us. Hear me, who is tormenting who? You can see that these spirits really are wicked spirits from the pit of hell. They can torment and feel like they've done nothing. 
They can destroy a whole family and feel like nothing has happened and convince you with all the lies. You keep on looking for solutions from pillar to post. You go to this counselor, go to this therapist, jump to that person. You try everything until you come to the point where you agree it is meaningless. It's time to end it. And the demon says, yes. Now you will meet us face to face. Torment me not. I just couldn't get this out of my mind. Torment? Who is tormenting who? Who is tormenting who? And with this same anointing, I pray for anyone under the sound of my voice, under any form of demonic affliction, that that torment comes to an end today. In the name of Jesus, whether they have gone the biological route, whether they've gone the psychological route, whether they've gone the environmental route, creating things around you that will continue to bring pain and pain and pain, where they see you healing and they say, what's the next pain we can cause? By the authority in the name of Jesus, we bring an end to such torments, we bring an end to such afflictions. In the name of Jesus. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 6, as we begin to round up. Stand up. Stand up. They begged him, torment us not. What do you mean? Torment us not. Torment us not. Are you kidding? Torment me not. Torment me not. Jesus will later ask them, what is, how many are you saying you are legion? A lot of you are all there doing havoc to this destiny. Doing havoc. God, God in his image created a person for good works, created them to fulfill purpose, created there are many walking on our streets today. In all emptiness, some of them, we call them celebrities. They have all the money, all the fame, all the glitz. They're as empty as empty can be because they're under the influence of this torment. You hear of your faith, you're just wondering, this celebrity died, this actor died, then you're wondering. Sometimes they, their families will request for privacy. When you dig in, you see that the circumstances of their death, you don't ask yourself, what exactly is life? But Paul says to us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. I hold my hands with any family, any home, any marriage that has been troubled, that has been troubled, that has been troubled, that the righteous God, the God of vengeance, will recompense you. It will bring you deliverance. It will bring an end to that affliction. It will bring an end to that pain. Those wounds that I've received to heal, they will encounter the balm of Gilead. In the name of Jesus. Let's tie this up, please. A few minutes. We're rounding up this teaching. But this introduction, I think this is the most important part of it. Please stay with me. It's been agreed that none of these factors will automatically cause. There needs to be a trigger. What does that trigger do? Please, if you've not been listening, listen. The trigger creates an imbalance. The goal of every trigger is to create enough imbalance to tip one over into illness. This is true of physical illness. This is true of mental illness. It's to tip over. Tip over the balance. God in his infinite wisdom, majestic wisdom, created systems in our bodies, extremely integrate, eff intricate, efficient systems to ensure balance. Let me give you just one example of one of the thousands of systems that are working in your body right now to ensure balance. There is blood flowing through your veins. God designed it in a way that if you have a cut, within that blood must be a technology that stops that bleeding 
And the moment the blood continues to flow, to ensure that there is no clot. Do you get the, do you get the balance? When there is a cut, you need a clot. But when there is no cut, a clot can cause disease. Are you getting it? So in your body right now, God has put intricate biological systems that science is still studying in various places to ensure that balance. When we eat and then glucose goes up, insulin goes up, at some point, it is supposed to achieve balance. If there is issue with that balance, science now has a name for it. In balance. So the question here is, what is the root of balance? Remember we said we are going to the root. What really is the root of balance, boy? This is, this is it. This is it. What really is the root of balance? This is going to bring deliverance to someone. What is the root of balance? There are three potential circles in life. God uses only two of them. Hmm. Can I just work with your imagination? Can we just imagine three circles on the screen? Leave the three circles separate. One is life for God. One is life for people. One is life for self. Do you have those circles? Every person across the surface of the earth is living for one of those three circles. Life for God. I'll show you from scripture. These are not just odd takes. Life for God. Life for people. Life for self. The only thing the devil wants. Life for self. Because he's the pioneer of that. He was the first rebel. And he remains the father of rebels today. Those will continue to say no to God. There is life for God. And that is where you would expect a lot of believers and Christians to be. However, the quality of our lives still show a lot of imbalance. So how can you believe in for God? And there's this much dysfunction in your own life. I will explain it to you. If you get these three circles, I'm sorry we kept it to the end. But we just needed to build to this point for it to make sense. Life for God. Life for people. And life for self. Now, the closest people who claim to be living a fulfilled life outside of God are those who have graduated from living for self to living for people. So here someone says something like, I was living in Silicon Valley. I had a big mansion. I had five Teslas in my garage. I traveled to Africa and I saw these poor children and I just couldn't take it. So I resigned my high-paying job and I moved to Africa with my wife. It's the best decision we've made in our lives. The water is not healthy. Children still die of diarrhea. But we've now been in that community for five years now. And we've seen education be on the rise. We've seen health. And people will clap for them. The world will give them awards. Now, let me tell you, those people sleep better at night than most people that live for self. Because they found meaning by living life for people. And you will experience fulfillment there. 
but it is not full fulfillment. It is better than the emptiness of living for self that many millennials, many young people, it's just, what am I? Where am I? Why am I? There's just that self. Self. Are we still together this morning? I hope I've not lost anyone yet. So, when you live life for self and you find purpose in living for people, you have an experience of what fulfillment can look like. But there are those of us in the church. We found life for God. This, this your hallelujah is quite early. Alright? What God does is that when you find him, he bridges these two circles together. So that it gives you meaning that is connected to people. But you found it in him. Are you getting that? Many of us have come to God. And rather than allowing God to drag us to this circle, I, I hope your imagination is still working fine. Rather than allowing God to bring us into this circle where by his grace, by his power, he uses us to live for others, poured out. We drag God to this circle. And we find a way to Use God to help us still live for self. And that's the cause of the imbalance in the church. Using God for self. Imbalance is imbalance. It will cause illness. We will continue to see depression in the church. We will continue to see anxiety in the church. We will continue to see this pain in the church. Because we are trying to use God to live for self. God doesn't just want you to find him just for finding him sake, but to find purpose to your life that is connected to other people. I was telling my wife by prophecy, I said very soon you'll be a landlord of many families. I said be the best landlord they've had. I said every Christmas, buy amper for them. Send them Merry Christmas. Just send a random card. Jesus loves you. Empowered by God, living for others. We find real fulfillment. Using God and dragging self, we, it will be the joke church of Christ. And that's what we currently look like. Everyone that God gave a mission and purpose statement always involved them doing something for people by God. Not something for themselves. If your experience of finding purpose in God involves only you, you've, my brother, my sister, you've not found God yet. You've not found God yet. Judges chapter 13 verse 5. This is consistent in scripture. Let's see two examples in the Old Testament, two examples in the New Testament, and let's wrap this up. Because of our time, glory to God. Have you been blessed so far this morning? Are you glad you came to church this morning? Hope this didn't sound like psychology 101 too much. Glory to God. This, we are going to read examples of births that were pre-announced. This is the birth of the great Samson who also damaged his life with choices. We'll come to that in another session. It says, For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. Can you see that? If it is God, immediately we tell you what you will use that thing to do for people. He says, and he shall begin to deliver. Can you see that? So there is the purpose in God and there's the assignment connected to people. Begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of Philistines. Samson didn't get that people part. 
You got the self part. If I'm this strong, I can marry any babe anywhere at any time. I can break any rules. I can touch carcass, even though I'm a Nazarene and I'm not supposed to make contact with dead things. Not only will I touch it, I can create a riddle out of it. I can do giveaway on top of rebellion. I'm that special. I'm graced. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. You know, this changes my perspective. When I see people, I'm like, God made this person deliberately for a purpose. But their world will suffer until they discover why. And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified. It, it, it doesn't mean I washed you, I made you white. It means I set you apart and ordained you. This is all of the God's circle path as a prophet unto the nations. So before Jeremiah thinks he's meant to be a prophet in the house for his family, God drags him to the other circle so that he can experience real fulfillment. Are you seeing this? Let's go to the new covenant. Luke chapter 1. Let's read verse 13. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth shall be a son. You shall call his name John. You will have joy and gladness. He's still talking about you now, right? And many shall rejoice at his birth. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. Great. He will not drink wine or strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Great. Verse 16. And many of the children of Israel. Can you see it? Immediately, God brings the other circle. Many of the children of Israel shall turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of fathers to the children. Don't find purpose just by serving people. This is what the world is selling as fulfillment and meaning. Now, I've come to announce to you it's a full emptiness. You might sleep better at night, but... Serving people outside of God. How, how, do you how do you explain something that is full and empty at the same time? You need to sit these people down and interview them. You've done so much good in the world. We've given you awards, your humanitarian services. When you probe them deeply, they'll say there's still a void. Luke chapter 1 verse 31. The last scripture we read this morning, and then I'll just ask that the communion elements be shared quickly. It says, and behold, this is the angel talking to Mary. You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. You will call his name Yehoshua. It will be great and it will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, of his kingdom there shall be no end. If you found God, and you found God indeed, you found him to the point where there is no self in that circle. It is God and God's assignment through you to people. That is where true fulfillment lies. Please bring the strings up a bit. Just one passion. One purpose. Just to know you more and more. For when I know you, I find me. Just one passion, one purpose. Mm. 
to know you more and more when I know you then I'll find me hmm. no life outside you no one beside you Let me know you more and more. When I know you, I'll find me. I'm sorry. We've preached sermons that made you feel that God existed for you. We've subconsciously fueled the emptiness. That blinds chase. God went, my wife, my husband, my children. And he's saying, don't lie outside me. Let me know you, let me know you. When I know you, I'll find me. When I know you, I find balance. I find balance. I find balance. Now I know why I wake up. Now I know why I go out. Now I know why I pray. Now I know why I fast. Now I know why my dad can pass on and it doesn't mean the world has ended. Now I know why my mom can pass on and I know the world has no ended. Now I know why the devil is mad. He said we've increased the temperature, we've increased the boiling point, we've used biology, we've used psychology, we've used the environment, we've used demons, we've used devils, but I found me, I found me, no life outside you, no one beside you. Let me know you more and more. For when I know you, when I know you, then I find me. I want to know you. I want to know you more and more. When I know you, I find me. I'll ask them to bring the strings up a bit. I'll give you 60 seconds. No matter where you go. No matter the doctor you see. No matter how nice they sound. No matter the drugs they use. No matter the tools they use. At the root of the matter is imbalance. If you will live for self, imbalance will show up. If you live for others, Fulfillment plus imbalance will show up if you live for God and you won't drag self back into it. Then you find him. Please bring the strings up a bit. God's children, talk to your daddy. Talk to your daddy. He wants to take the pain away. He wants to heal you. He wants to heal you. It's okay. If you feel the need to cry, cry. You're in your father's house. If you need to shed tears, I've lived for myself. I've lived for myself for so long. I've even lived for others. People have clapped for me. I've received awards, humanitarian awards. I've fed the poor. I've taken care of the needy. I've given clothes to the fatherless. All with my emptiness. I want to know you. Let me know you more and more. Come on, talk to your father. Take two minutes more. When I know you, I'll find me, I'll find me.
I'll find me. We've arranged services for self. Services for self. Services for imbalance. Prophetic utterances for imbalance. Anointed meetings just for self. Let me know you. Let me know you. Let me know you. I want to know you more and more. When I know you, when I know you, only then I'll find me. No life outside you. Come on, if you can get this on a very subconscious level. No life outside you. We can do mental health awareness month. We can talk about suicides, talk about depression. People are still ending their lives. People are still battling their devils in the night. No life outside you. I can make a million dollars. I can own a private jet. I can own a private island. I may be on Forbes list. The world clapping for me. No life outside you. The one beside you. Let me know you more and more. For when I know you, then I'll find me. Father, I want to thank you for your word. Thank you for healing. Thank you for places that knives of men cannot reach. Thank you for going back into our past. We can't. But you bring us healing. You said to your children, I will build you yet again. Thank you for restoration. Thank you for joy again. Thank you for if, if, if a real smile again after a long time. After that loss, thank you for meaning again. Glory be unto your name. If you under the sound of my voice, you've not said yes to Jesus. I want to pray for you. I'm sorry we've, we've overshot the time. We'll round up in a bit. We'll take the communion. I'll bring the service to a close. I want to know you more and more. This is my obsession. This is my desire. When I know you, then I'll find me. I've been looking for myself in the wrong place. I'm lost in you again. Lost in you again. My search will not end till I find myself lost in you again. Lost in you again. My search will not end till I find myself lost in you again. Father, I agree with your sons and your daughters making a decision for you. Please say with me, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for taking my place in that grave. I believe you rose again on the third day. I received the gift of salvation. Live in me and I receive the grace to live for you. Thank you because their names are now engraved in the Lamb's Book of Life. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. If you just said that simple prayer, you're now born again. 
you can join us. If you are, for those at home, you can join us for the communion. Find wafer, bread, cracker, wine, juice, water, whatever you have around you. Those of us in the room will have the communion elements. Father, we sanctify these elements. Set them apart for your glory. They become tokens in the hands of the Most High. As you partake of your table, let us be changed. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. Please just pick one and hold on to it. Where's darkness at the sight of light? Evaporated by the gleams of light. You are the light that makes and as I look your face then I become the light. Where's darkness? Where's darkness at the sight of light? It has no choice but to flee Evaporated at the gleams of light You're the light, you're the light That makes my face shine bright And as I look your face I become Come on, sing Light has come, light has come Oh, darkness has to flee Light has come, light has come Oh, darkness Light has come, light has come Over your life, over your family Light has come, that's what it means Light has come, oh, light has come, oh I say darkness has to flee My light has come Let's it together for those at home. Father, we do this in obedience to your injunction. We do this in obedience to your injunction. You said we should do this in remembrance of you. We remember your body, we remember your blood. We remember that we are fully paid for, we are no longer slaves. We remember that we are free. Redemption. We remember that we are free. Atonement. We remember that we are free. Justification. We remember that we are free. Propitiation. We remember that we are free. That blood, blood, blood was shed. Not random blood. Not the blood of sheep, rams and goats. But the precious blood of the Lamb of God. As we partake on this first Sunday of the month of October. Grace upon grace will be the portion of your children. Let's eat together. And let's drink together. Let's take that song just one more time. I'm so sorry for taking your time. But I believe it has been worth every second. If you have a prayer language, if you want to stand, it's okay. If you want to kneel, if you want to lie down, whatever posture works for you, please take a good posture and settle October in the spirit where's darkness where's darkness at the sight of light ever paraded ever paraded at the gleams of light you're the light that makes the light that makes my face shine bright 
And as I look at your face, I become one more time. Where's darkness? Where's darkness at the side of life? It has no choice but to flee. Hey, you are the light that shines. And as I look your face, come on. Light has come, light has come. Oh, darkness. It's gonna flee. Light has come, light has come. It's got to flee. Light has come, light has come. Time. Hey, light has come. 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 Let the symbols come up. Let the streams come up. Father, as we partaking of your body and your blood, I speak over the lives of your children in this month of October. I declare October a month of complete victory. I declare October a month of shalom, shalom. A month of perfect peace. Every darkness, every darkness that has plagued your children, we decree, let there be light. We decree, let there be light. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. We decree by your authority in the name of Jesus. Let there be light. In the name of Jesus. We are free. We are free. Thank you, Father, for this victory. Light has come. Light has come. Light has come. Come on, hear me, KICC. Light has come. I'm speaking directly to you. Light has come. I'm speaking to that family, light has come. I'm speaking to that marriage, light has come. I'm talking to that womb, light has come. I'm talking to those sperm cells, light has come. I'm talking to those tubes, light has come. I'm talking to those lungs, light has come. I'm talking to that mind, light has come. I'm talking to that brain, light has come. Thank you, Jesus. We seal this victory. By the blood of Jesus, the children return with testimonies. Jesus alone gets all the glory. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. Come on, if you can, jam those hands together. Come on, jam those. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Jam those hands together. Give the Lord a big shout. Glory to God. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at KICCCanada.ca or through our website at www.KICCCanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.